So sound doctrine is going to help us to, to mature. And without the sound doctrine, then we're going to still be stuck on the elementary things because there's some things here that Christians still deal with, such as dead works, right? The works that we do don't help us to get closer to God, right? But sometimes we fall into a habit of doing that, right? We fall into a habit of whether or not it's doing things around the church, doing outreach in churches, or uh, going out and witnessing the people and trying to win people to Christ. Sometimes, or many times, Christians do that thinking it's going to get them a badge. You know, a reward in heaven. But no, that doesn't produce maturity. That He's saying here that this is elementary principles. Right? And then we argue over certain things. Right? We argue over baptisms and things like that. We should be beyond that. Amen. Right? So even when we get new believers and we don't go down, we stay where we're at and we bring them up. That's right. Amen. Right? But we have a habit of staying right stuck. Yeah. And we want to water it down. This is the problem with a lot of outreach churches, right? They focus on evangelism. They talk about salvation all the time, and the people never grow. It was somebody, I was supposed to talk about this a few weeks ago, but uh, true story um, that he was a part of the church, and I don't remember what denomination it was, but they would have to submit a weekly report on uh, how many people got saved and their services, and he said the presiding bishop would get upset if someone was not saved. If that box wasn't checked, and how many, right? And then what he did was he focused every message on evangelism. Mm -hmm. And he noticed that the Christians that were there were not growing. Mm -hmm. He said they weren't growing. And why? Because they only get a portion right. of what's in the scripture. Right. But we got to get the full course meal, Amen. right? So it's growth for that. And it's not just the, you know, the outreach churches, but you got churches that all they talk about is just faith, right? And we have to be mindful of things. We need the full course mirror, yeah. right? We need from Genesis to Revelation, that is the word of God, yes. right? So we have to stop picking and choosing like it's a buffet sometimes. And we <laughs> want to get what we want and then leave other parts out, wow. right? So we have, and when I talk about studying the word, we're going to have to go in the books that we don't normally like to go in. So just the biggest, right? Or even when we talked about Wednesday, when we went with Micah, and Zechariah. You ask yourself, how, you know, when's the last time you've been in Micah, right? <laughs> That's not a book that most Christians go into, right. right? But there's a there's a lot of good golden nuggets in, in the minor prophets and in the major prophets, and even in Levit Leviticus, right? And I said this before: you don't fully understand Hebrews until you learn Leviticus, right? Because they coincide, right? The same thing with Daniel and Revelation; they coincide together, right? So, in order for us to mature, we got to eat the full course meal uh, from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. So sound doctrine, when we stay in sound doctrine, we, we've been going over things, uh, sayings and things like that, that show that, that uh, you know, we as Christians get in the habit of saying things and thinking that, not necessarily that's in the Bible, we, we think it lines up with Scripture, and it doesn't really line up with Scripture. I'm not going to go through all this, but I have some new things here. So, you know, uh, have you ever heard people say this, what is truth to you may not be truth to me, right? There, there, there isn't but one truth, right. right? There isn't but one truth. That is the word of God, right? But people say, not even unbelievers, but Christians say that, right? So they also say, this is what I believe the passage actually means, right? It's what I believe, right? I, 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 right? But we know who's saying I, Lucifer, right? It ain't, it's not supposed to be about I, but it's what the scriptures say, right? And, and how we interpret the scriptures. <clears throat> Alright, so here's another one. Oh, it just feels right. It just feels right, right? So we get into our feelings, 
and things like that. But how I many know it's not about our feelings? Right. <laughs> it's not about our feelings. Yeah. So we gotta stay in faith. Amen. So there's some things God may ask me to do. My feelings saying no. <laughs> Amen. Right. I don't. I don't, don't want to do it. Right. I'm pretty sure we all been there. Right. But we 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 have to be obedient. That's that's what we've been growing in, learning to be obedient to God and what He's requiring of us to do. Right? Because really, that is what a mature Christian is going to do. Right? It may be hard, it may be difficult, especially upon our flesh, but we're going to step out and we're going to do those things. Why? Because we're mature enough to trust Him. That He's going to be there, right? And even if He's not there, just like we talked about before with the three Hebrew boys, right? Even if He's not there, we're still going to trust Him because we know He's real and He's our God. Amen. Here's another one, all right? I know that's what the Bible says, but I believe that was for back then. But things are different now. Right? Oh, no. We, the Word is still the Word, right? right? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Right? So we can't sit up here and, and, and try to change the Scriptures for us. Right? And for what society says. No, society is going to change. Society is getting worse and worse. Right? But we're not supposed to get worse. Right? But we're supposed to be the light. Right? And the only way we could be the light is if we get in the Word and have sound doctrine. Right? So now we get the Word and we have the Holy Spirit. And then now we could be Christ-like. Amen. Amen? But sometimes, you know, like I talked about before, we get half. You got Christians that just want the Holy Spirit. Right? And then they're, they're not grounded. Right? And then you got the other half of Christians that they want the Word, but there's no Spirit. Right? Mm -hmm. But we have to have both, right? We can't, it, it shouldn't be picking sides one or the other, but we have to have both, right? Because we, you know, there, there are believers out there, there's preachers out there that don't believe in the gifts of spirit anymore. They believe it was for back then, yeah. And that's not the case, right? I can't find that in the scripture, right? So we, we can't go, but we, we have to go by the word of God, amen? So the word of God is going to help us from stumbling, right? Sound doctrine is going to help us from stumbling. So what do I mean by that? So 1 Peter talks about that the word will become a stumbling block. Jesus will become a stumbling block to those, right? So some scholars believe that they were talking about, Peter was talking about the uh, the Jews being stumbled because the Gentiles were coming in. But how many know, even the Christians, the word will become a stumbling block because there's some things in here that we just don't want to do sometimes, no. right? Because we don't feel comfortable oh. in doing it, right? Have you been in church, and then you heard, you know, ministers ministering, and then you heard somebody, no, nah, that ain't me, I can't do that, <laughs> right? But they're reading the scriptures. I, I, I haven't arrived there yet, right? But sound doctrine is going to help us to to step out, to, to mature, and be in faith, amen? Yeah. Amen. So, if I was to ask y'all this, <laughs> Did Jesus come for love and unity or love and division? What would we say? Love and division. Huh? Love and division. <laughs> love and division. We, we, everybody don't know, but those that been here, they know me, so they know what it is anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's go to Matthew 10. That's right. There you go. You said it, Derek. Matthew 10, uh, verse 34. 
going to jump around a few scriptures here. beginning at verse 34. Jesus speaking, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So what do we know what the sword is? The word of God. Right? So, just like we've been talking about, it's either you're on one side or you're the other side. There's no in-between. Right? As Christians, we're not supposed to be in-between. There's not supposed to be no compromise with us. You're either on the Lord's side or you're not. And see, in this world, we're going to be outnumbered in the natural. Right? We're going to be outnumbered. So, alright, so let's keep going. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and the man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Of me. He who finds his life will lose it. Mm-hmm. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Alright, let's go to Luke uh, let's go to Luke 12. Actually, go to Luke 9 23. Then we'll go to Luke 12. Chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Actually, we'll keep reading. Uh, Beginning at verse 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world, and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him... The Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of his and of the holy angels. 27. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Let's go to chapter 12. 51. Beginning at, uh, let's see. All right, we'll start at 49. I came to set fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two, and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her father, uh, excuse me, her mother-in-law. All right, let's go to chapter 14. So, so much for those, uh, you ever see those stickers that say coexist? Yeah, no, that ain't, that ain't for us Christians. I can tell you that now, not according to scripture. That ain't. So, we even have Christians that have that on the back of their vehicles, right? And also with Jesus saved. No, we ain't supposed to be coexisting with anybody. <laughs> right? Alright, uh, Luke 14, 25. Now great multitudes went with him, 
And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Uh, let's go down to 33. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he, that he has cannot be my disciple. So understand as, this, as disciples, now Jesus is not saying for us to literally hate our family members, right? But our love and our devotion for him, for God, has to got, has to got to be that strong, right? So what's usually a threat to the first place? Whatever's in second place, right? And sometimes, we, even with family, so I talked about this Wednesday, and I said even Wednesday I talked about we can get caught up emotionally with our family, Right, and I said I wasn't built like that. Well, you know what? The Lord reminded me Thursday there was a period of time where I was like that, <laughs> right? Because yeah, I wanted my family members saved, and I kept pressing on, doing everything to the point where I was almost sacrificing my time with God. But you know, we can't bring anybody to Christ. We we have to pray, right? But we get into the habit of trying to bring people to Christ and, instead of praying, because really the Holy Spirit is going to draw them. Right? And, and here's the thing. There's some family members that they're not going to receive from me. But God has somebody that they will receive from. And, and that's the thing that we have to learn and we have to accept. And we have to trust God enough in that. Because sometimes we can get in the habit of getting so emotionally involved and emotionally invested in our family members and even our friends that it, it produces a wear and tear on us. Right? And we can't allow that to happen. Alright, so, let's see. So, again, now, going back to the Word of God becoming a stumbling block, right? So, we have to understand that even as believers, when we're walking the truth out, some people are going to be offended by us. And it's okay. Right? It's okay. Because the Scriptures tell us that's what's supposed to happen. Right? But we can't backtrack and we can't compromise in that. Right? So, even, there will be even other Christians because as we get meat, there is still some that's still on milk. And they don't want the meat. And they want to stay on milk. But they're not going to grow and they're not going to mature. Right? And, and there are, we talked about it before, that there are carnal Christians out there. Right? There are carnal Christians. But we use that as an excuse. But like I mentioned before, that Paul says those are for the new believers. Right? So we've been saved for a number of years. We still shouldn't be acting like immature Christians. Right? It's time out for the excuses. But we have to be holy. Right? We have to walk in love. Right? We also have to have faith. Right? So certain things should not be getting to us <clears throat> like they were years ago when we first got saved. Right? But we allow certain things to get to us. Why? Because we're not in His Word. Right? Because if His Word is in us, now we're angered. Right? So even in the life storm, we can stay steady. Right? So it doesn't mean that, you know, doubt may not come against us here and there. But now, when we're going through, guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to start bringing the word back to our remembrance. Right? Now we start speaking the word. Right? But what we try to do is, again, we have to go and work and we have to study. But once again, we allow the Holy Spirit to come. We want the Holy Spirit to come and bail us out. Right? So what will happen? We go... And we start praying in tongues and all that because we want, but what did we learn last week with, with, with Jesus, right? He prayed, he, played, he prayed earnestly, right? Even when the angel came to strengthen him, 
He still prayed. Yes. Right? So the Holy Spirit wasn't bailing him out there. The angel wasn't bailing him out. He had to pray. That's what we have to do. Yes. Right? So we have to stop trying to use lifelines all the time. And we have to get in the Word, and we have to be mature. Right? Because that's the only way we are going to survive. Because there's a lot of deception out there. We, we talked about it. We did teaching on it about false teaching. But there's a lot of deception out there. And trust me, the enemy, the devil knows the Word. Mm -hmm. The devil knows the Word. And guess what? He's out there teaching it in churches. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He's out there. He's teaching it in churches, right? So, you know, y'all talked about... I didn't know who he was. Y'all talked about the, the, the custom pastor, right? I didn't know. I, I, yeah, I never heard of him. So I said, and I said, you know what? I am not going to listen to that, right? So, but I did search him up on YouTube, right? And just by the titles alone, I said, you know what? I am not watching this, right? I said, I'm not watching this because just by the title alone showed me that he's trying, you know, that, that's the devil. <laughs> that, that's the devil. Even by the titles of his message, it's the devil, right? Because, and I'm not going to say what his titles are, but because it wouldn't be proper to say. <laughs> but it, it's, you don't mix the holy and the profane, just like we talked about, right? You, you don't mix the holy and the profane. And that is happening a lot. And, 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 and that, that shouldn't be. And, and, the, and the fact that, that he does that, what would that do for a Christian that is struggling? Right? It's going to give them a license to sin. Right? Especially someone who's new in the Lord. Right? Oh, that means I can do that. Right? Because he's doing it. He's a pastor. I can do that. Right? But no, again, we don't come down to the level of that. No, we stay up and we bring them up. That's right. And that's what we have to do. Right? So that's why we have to walk the walk. Right? We, and that's why you always hear me say, don't just be hearers, be doers of the Word of God. Be doers of the Word of God. And trust me, when you're going to be a doer of the Word of God, you're going to be on an island by yourself. You're going to be on an island. There's going to be other Christians that's going to talk about you. Don't worry about them. You stay focused. Right? Because guess what? When the Lord comes, we want to be taken out of here. Right? And they'll be left here saying, man, I was wrong. Right? Trust me, we won't be thinking about them. <laughs> but we, we, we have to be right and we don't want to be led astray right? and that's why I tell every one of us in here to study the word don't take what Psalm says for granted right? no man or woman of God you don't take it for granted you study the word, know the word amen amen, amen. alright so you know we always talk about how you know how do we tell when someone's Living right and saved, right? So we know about the fruit, right? But sometimes we have to be careful on that because sometimes somebody can have a bad day, right? Sometimes somebody can have a bad day. So we may not know them, and they may be having a bad day, and then they may come back and say, well, yeah, I'm a, I, you know, I'm, I'm Christian, I'm saved, and, but we judge them off their actions, right? So we, we have to be careful on that. But what I would say, consistency, right? Consistency, that's why we know those that, who we labor with. Right? We, that's how we know them, right? Because, like I said, you look at anybody, any pastor, any minister, any Christian that fell, the, the signs were there. The signs were there, but we just choose to ignore it. Oh, cho chose to ignore it. Amen. So, let's turn to First John chapter 3.
1 John chapter 3. So let's look at verse 10. Alright? So look, there should be no, no mistaking when someone who's saved and then someone who's out there living in the world. Right? Because he says here in verse 10, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. That word means evident. It means obvious. Alright? So it, it should be obvious. If we're walking with the Lord, it should be obvious to us. Right? So whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Wait a minute. That means we can practice righteousness? Hold on, but I was always taught that righteousness just means right standing with God. So if righteousness just means right standing in God, then how can we practice righteousness? Hmm. I think that maybe that might be wrong. Maybe John is wrong. Let's go to 1 John. Let's one chapter back, verse 2. And go down to 28. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Right? So, once again, he mentions practice righteousness. Right? So... But, like I said, we've been taught for years that righteousness just means right standing with God. So when we come to Jesus, that's all that matters, right? I'm going to read something here that I got from the internet. Y'all know what? I, I, I ain't going to mention no names today. <laughs> but this, this, this is what this says here. From a well-known minister. Uh, let's see. What was true under the law is no longer true under grace. The truth the truth now is that our righteousness comes from Jesus, and we cannot sin it away, no matter what we do. When we cling to this knowledge and have faith in it, we mature spiritually. Right? So, if we cannot sin it away, then what are we practicing? Right? What are, what, what are we practicing? Right? So, Proverbs 15.9 says this, The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Right? So, we got practice and we got follow. Right? So, 2 Timothy 2.22 tells us to flee youthful lust. Yes. Pursue righteousness. Yes. Right? So, we not only practice, we not only follow, but we pursue it. Right? So, hmm. Interesting. Let's see what some other scriptures got to say. Psalm 106 and 3. Blessed are those who keep justice, and he who does righteousness at all times. So that means we should do, do righteousness at all times, right? So we, we you know, y'all heard me say that we practice to get better, right? We don't practice to become a sinner, right? So if we're out there sinning, we're doing things, then we're practicing to become a sinner. And we know, according to, to Galatians, that people who do those things won't inherit the kingdom of God, right? That's right. And again, he tells in 1 John 3, 10, that it should be obvious, right, who's a child of God. Uh, let's see. Proverbs eleven eighteen says, The wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. So now we get to sow it, too. Isaiah 64, 5. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, 
who, who remembers you in your ways, you are indeed angry for we have sinned. In these ways we continue and we need to be saved. Ezekiel 18.24 But when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed because of them he shall die. Yet you say, uh, verse 25, Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not fair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is it not my way which is fair? And your ways which are not fair? When, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, commits iniquity, and dies in it, it is because of the iniquity which he has done, he dies. Verse 27, Again, when a wicked man turns away from wickedness which he committed and does what is lawful and right, he preserves himself alive. So we have to understand, right? So now, let's go back to doctrine, right? So much for saved and once saved, always saved. The scriptures don't tell us that, right? But we have people that do teach that, right? But the scriptures don't tell us that. Let's go to Romans. Actually, we were in Romans, weren't we? No, we weren't. Uh, yeah, Romans chapter 6. So, People will say, you know, we have in uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says, uh, the scripture says, Paul says there that, that no one is righteous, right? No one is righteous, right? But no one is righteous before we come to the Lord, right? But once we come to the Lord, now we become righteous, right? But we need to pursue righteousness, right? Because righteousness really also means godliness, holiness, living right. That is what we're to pursue. But we overlook those things because we want the quick and easy definition of it and say, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in right standing, I'm Jesus. So just like I read from, from that quote from that minister, it, you know, we're saying those things and then we have Christians that are going out there sinning left and right. But that's not pursuing righteousness. Right? But we are to continuously pursue Holiness, godliness, right? Because he tells us also that what? Without holiness, no man should see the Lord. But we overlook those things. Right? So, alright. So, Romans 6, 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall have no dominion, so sin shall not have dominion over you, for you not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. Paul says that right there, certainly not. But sometimes we forget that certainly not. We forget those two words. <laughs> we just stay stuck in grace. All right, verse 16. Do you not know... That to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves. Whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Verse 18, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves for righteousness. Right? So we should not be bound in sin anymore. Verse 19, 
I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Amen. So we have to understand that we are to be holy, right? We are to pursue righteousness regardless of the, what the world does. And we, we, we have to be careful because what happens is, even with sound doctrine, sometimes, you know, we, we can get caught up, especially us men, in apologetics. Everybody's familiar with apologetics, right? It means defense, right? So we have to be careful of that because when you, when you research it, you understand that how we do it today is not how Paul did it or even how Stephen did it, right? Because they gave, they talked, they kept it to the scriptures. What we do today, we come from philosophy and we preach Jesus from a historical aspect. But guess what? Jesus is still alive. That's right. Right? Amen. That's why they stoned Stephen. Right? That's why they stoned Stephen. But that's why you, when you look through history, you see a lot of people who did apologetics. They were bound in sin. They were bound in sin. You know why? Because they're preaching from Jesus from a historical aspect and they're studying and researching philosophy instead of getting the scriptures and the word. Stephen was able to go all the way back from Genesis on, right? That's what Paul did. And Paul gave a defense because he was in trouble. You know, he was going before the court of law. That's why he gave his defense. But what do we do? We go and we argue with people from other religions to try to win them over. Again, we don't win people over that way. That's right. Right? Again, that is the role of the Holy Spirit. But, but yeah, and see, even in apologetics, and the reason why most men do it, because we like to argue sports, right? We, <laughs> am I lying? We, we like to argue sports. Anyway, we, we, we can pick anything, and us men, we can argue about anything, right? So it would be easier for us to argue about that, and even if we're in our flesh and arguing, and we get into apologetics, and we're trying to defend, we call ourselves, quote-unquote, trying to defend the gospel, right? But yet, we're not defending the gospel because we're not preaching the gospel, right? So, again, we got to be careful because, again, Scriptures say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's alive. He's alive. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Amen. Because he's our advocate. He's our advocate. That's right. Amen. 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 So, so our minds have to be transformed. Right? So Romans 12, 2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove... What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm getting ready to close up here. and holiness. 
So we have to make sure we're putting on a new man and not keeping the old man on. And how do we put on a new man and not give in to the old man? There's certain things. Again, we study, but also we have to crucify our flesh. Right. We have to crucify our flesh, right? That's where fasting comes in, right? You all hear me talk about it all the time. We got to keep that tent state driven down, right? Because a lot of times, you know, whether it's family member, spouses, right? Uh, you know, work, they want to drive that stake up, right? And then, so <laughs> what happens is we, we, I'm not talking about you, so don't take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. <laughs> what I said at the beginning, don't take it personal. <laughs> but, you know, there's things that we have to do because our flesh can rise up. Right? That's why we have to be careful on what we put inside of us. Even with television, right? There's some things, right? Sometimes, you know, some people can watch some things, other people can't. Right? So we have to be careful. We have to be mindful of that because some things are triggers to our flesh. That will cause us to rise up. And then we can sit up there and watch a movie all the time and then wonder why we get irritable. Right? We get irritable. Right? <laughs> or even sit up there, you know, like y'all heard me tell you about me, we with sports, right? I told y'all, you know, the devil got my team winning. <laughs> <laughs> making it hard on me. <laughs> he got my team winning. I, I know it ain't God, but it's a distraction to me. Right, so, uh, <laughs> they weren't supposed to be this good. <laughs> but they winning, so I know it ain't God because it's becoming a distraction. So, uh, well, I can tell you, I'm watching a little bit more basketball now than I have been. So, <laughs> and each time they win and do well, I said, mm. part of me want them to lose, you know, but the, the flesh is like, keep going, keep going. But the spirit is saying, go ahead and lose, please. Go ahead and lose, I can get back. But, you know, <laughs> glory to God. Amen. All right, so, I'll be ready to close up. I think I said that already. <laughs> Colossians 3, uh, 1 through 3 says this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Right? Seek those things which are above. We don't need to seek the things here on this earth. Right? We are, we are in the world, but not of the world. Right? Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we have to understand that, again, as we practice righteousness... As we grow, as we study his word, we mature, we become more sound in our faith, and then now we can go out and do the things that he's calling us to do, right? And we won't get bogged down in the foolishness that is being taught out there, right? So I'm not going to go because we're going to get into, uh, yeah, I guess next time, probably prayerfully, on even when we're dealing with unbelievers, what we're supposed to bring to them. Because a lot of times we think we're just supposed to talk about Jesus' love. No, we're going to go to an example. Paul shows us clearly on what's supposed to be happening or what we're supposed to say. Because we like to give people the good all the time, but we don't give them the truth. Right? we got to have the truth. Right? Because the truth will do what? Set you free. Amen? Exactly. The truth will set us free. So I will encourage you all to study your Bibles. Study your word. It is important. It is mandatory, actually. God's requiring that of us to study. Right? So, trust me, you are not.
not. Right? You may learn something, but you're not going to grow. You're not going to mature. Right? Real growth, real maturity comes from spending time in prayer and spending time in the Word. That's what we have to do. Right? That's what changes situations. That's what helps us to become the light out in the world. Right? That's what sets us apart. That's what makes us different. Right? That's what makes us mature to separate us from those who are immature to becoming those who are mature. And trust me, there are a lot less. Uh, we got all these Christians out here. Everybody who's claiming that they're Christian yeah. and everything, right? And, and really, when we look at it, you research it, Christian was actually, when it first came about, was actually a derogatory term, right? The, the secular people gave that, right? Because Jesus called us disciples, right? Paul said saints, brethren, right? But how many of us actually go, I'm a disciple of Christ, right? But now it's the easy thing to do to say, I'm a Christian, right? So now, anybody who believes in God, and who believes Jesus existed, they say they're Christians, right? But no, we have to be disciples, right? We have to be pupils, we have to be followers of Christ. And because ultimately, he is our teacher, right? He's our teacher. He's given his word for us to learn, to grow, right? And not to be the same. We shouldn't be the same as we were when we first got saved, right? We, we, we shouldn't. And, and, and it requires work. It requires work because our flesh... Doesn't want to, y'all even say, our flesh don't want to read the Bible. Right? Because when we start to read, we start to get sleepy. Right? We get attacked. Right? Even when we go into prayer, we get sleepy. Right? right? We start daydreaming, minds start wandering, fiery darts, thoughts start coming in the head. Right? Yeah, because our flesh doesn't want to do it. Right? Again, but that's why we crucify our flesh and we live to Christ. Right? We die to ourselves and we live unto Him. And that is what's going to make the difference, right? That's what's going to make the difference in this world. That's what's going to set us apart, right? And we won't be able, we won't be reacting and we'll respond, right? When somebody offends us, we'll respond, not react, right? Because that's our flesh that wants to react, right? I've been there. I've been there. So, amen? Amen. Let's pray.